0: Hello and welcome to the No Pun Included podcast, the only podcast about board games that is as good as pizza.
1: What kind of pizza?
0: Well, you'll be happy to know that whilst we've been playing the games that we'll be covering on today's podcast, I have revisited my childhood favourite, which is the beef slices, banana and curry powder pizza. Uh
1: huh. If it's as good as that one, then I might agree, sure. I also had a baked bean pizza once that was... So-so. So I think that's probably the kind of pizza you're talking about.
0: I don't know, Elaine. I think the pizzas I made were pretty delicious. And I'll have you know that this isn't just some weird invention of mine. That banana, beef and curry powder pizza is a popular staple of Swedish pizzas. huh so, you uh-huh. know, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's a how, culinary tradition. How
1: did that make it to Lithuania?
0: I don't know. Just across the Baltic Sea, you know. <laughs> right, okay.
1: It's now a Lithuanian <laughs> yeah, staple. It, in
0: fact, I think the very first time I had pizza in my life, it was the beef, really? banana and curry powder pizza. Yeah. I,
1: I think my first pizza. I don't, I don't know what my first pizza was. Probably one of like the bean pizza. It was one of the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles pizzas, I think. Like it was either, I think, chocolate and marshmallow, That's, baked bean or...
0: They all sound absolutely awful apart from my beef, banana and curry powder pizza. Uh, if you haven't tried beef, banana and curry powder pizza, I will tell you that it's a lot less disgusting than it sounds. It's kind of like waffle chicken. You know, you don't expect... Yeah. Uh, fried chicken and strawberry jam to go well together and waffles but it sort of does and that's kind of how that pizza works as well
1: yeah i didn't hate it i just didn't like it that much okay. it wasn't horrid but okay. it's just not my favorite
0: shall we move on to the no pun included news
1: yes why not uh
0: so this might have or might have not already launched on no pun included but we are doing our yearly Patreon drive. If it hasn't, this is the first thing announcing it, I guess, which is kind of weird because I'm not going to go into details into in terms of what's changing on our Patreon. But if you've been enjoying this podcast and listening to this podcast to, to over the last year, or if you've also been enjoying our YouTube video coverage of board games, uh, then I would like to ask to draw your attention towards our Patreon campaign. That was smooth, yeah, and 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 some of the new things that. We are, or either very soon will be doing. Mm. Uh, And if you want to check that out, you can go to patreon.com slash no pun included. We would appreciate any and all support.
1: Let's talk about the thing that the Patreons
0: want. Board games?
1: Board games.
0: Wow. How did I guess that?
1: I know. I know. Today we're going to be talking on podcast number 20. Wow. 20 episodes. I know. Uh, We are not quite old enough to drink, but we are old enough to vote. Uh, my city overboss and cubitos
0: wow three fantastic games two of which my city and overboss uh, have been provided to us by their respective publishers whereas cubitos is a game we have acquired ourselves
1: overboss has a scary looking man thing on the front cover am i should i be scared about this game
0: yeah i'm sorry did you say scary yes Scary, in like a
1: Teenage Mutant Hero Turtle kind of way. Yeah, like,
0: it's it's more kind of like nineties cartoon ridiculous uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, rather than scary. Uh-huh. In fact, uh, Overboss features uh, pixelated artwork, which I have things to say about later in terms <laughs> of when pixelated artwork is used in board games. But let's talk about what Overboss is first, and that is a tile laying game that I have. Quite enjoyed.
1: That was a very succinct description. Thank you. I enjoyed it too.
0: Overboss, full title Overboss Boss Monster Adventure.
1: A boss monster. A, adventure b- sorry, it's important.
0: A, a boss moss. A moss <laughs> boss. <laughs> boss <adventure. laughs> moss Bros, The suit people. Oh God, um is a thematic or like setting-wise sequel to Boss Monster, which is a game I've never played. I uh-huh. know nothing about. But I think it also features pixelated artwork. And it's sort of invoking the trope of uh, 90s video game Mm -hmm. Boss Monsters. Mm -hmm. So in this game, the pitch is that you are going to be building your own boss. Which makes absolutely no sense. because (laughs) Because what you're doing is you're first of all not building a thing you you already are a boss as dictated by uh, a variant where you get a boss card that uh-huh. depicts the boss that you are but you're also building like a landscape so right it's it's a tile there you have dungeons right. and swamps and stuff like that graveyards Graveyard and whatever yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and you're you're laying them to get points effectively there's no Boss, but you're not like uh, Frankensteining it. You're not no. building
0: a monster. No, it's it's a city builder <laughs> that, that 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 has a slightly kookier set of artwork in terms of that all all the tiles again have pixelated artwork, mm-hmm. and there is a, a plot twist to all of this because whilst on the surface level, boss, uh, overlord, overboss, overboss. <laughs> oh God, overboss sounds like a fairly generic city builder because you have like a four by three grid or in the advanced mode a four by four grid and each turn you take a tile and you place it anywhere on your grid and then based on various different tiles in the and the way you have composed them you'll get points so there are like forest tiles for example and the more forest tiles you have the more you'll score points from forest tiles right
1: each tile has a different condition for scoring it so like you said the forest tiles the more you have of the forest tiles the better it's like cumulative points right exactly
0: yeah but they're not all like that there are loads of games out there like it like quadropolis Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. between two cities or most recently glasgow that we've covered on episode
1: something something
0: something yeah Mm -hmm. so that in itself isn't very impressive but Uh, there are two things that make it stand out for me. Number one is one of the designers. So this was designed by Aaron Mespin and Kevin Russ. Uh Uh, Kevin Russ, whom you might be familiar with from a recent game we've also covered called Calico, which is, again, a tile layer. And uh, what I personally found interesting is is the design overlaps between these two games where it's becoming evident that Kevin Russ has his own language Uh uh, in terms of, you know what he wants to evoke through his games and it's starting to reverberate basically is what i'm saying mm-hmm. so that that was interesting to me uh and the other thing that i found interesting and this, this is the mechanical gimmick of this game is that you're not just drafting one tile out of a set of four but you're drafting a tile and with it is attached a
1: tiny tile yes
0: <laughs> um so so you're you're drafting terrain like swamps or forests or whatever yeah. But with them come monsters, Mm -hmm. uh, and these monsters have to go and live in places. And most of the time you don't have an appropriate place to populate them, so they just become really, really annoying.
1: What do you mean by really annoying? I like that. I like that you get a little tiny monster, and you have to not only think about which tile you're taking, but you have to think about what little monster you're taking and how it's going to fit in. To your board.
0: Well, that's kind of what I mean. I don't mean annoying in a way that, like, oh, I hate this. More like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is frustrating me because it's a, like an extra additional layer of a puzzle. The
1: good kind of annoying. The
0: good kind of annoying. <laughs> the kind of annoying where every decision brings with it an extra crinkle, and that crinkle is it needs to be ironed out somehow, right? So, one one of the most basic tiny tiles. Is monsters, and there are different monsters, t- monster types, and if you can match the monster to the terrain it likes to live in, you'll get an extra point. That's that, adorable. That is adorable, yeah. So, like, a goblin wants to live in the forest, or <laughs> a witch wants to live in a swamp. Uh, but, <laughs> but also, there's, like, this set of points you can acquire at the end of the game if the same type of monsters are in a row or a column. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get like a a row of four or a column of four, that's like an extra seven points. Whereas if it's a row of two or a column of two, it's just two points. Mm -hmm. So you have this dichotomy between wanting monsters to be on their native terrain, but also wanting to draw these lines, which inevitably mean they won't be on their native terrain.
1: Right. And also fulfilling any requirements to score points on the tile. So like if you have a dungeon tile, you don't want the same tiles either side of that dungeon tile because you score points for having different tiles right so if you have two different tiles either side then you're going to have two different types of terrain and two different monsters so you're not going to be fulfilling that that first condition that you're talking about
0: well yeah you're touching on the thing that i like the most about overpass which is that the scoring conditions for the big tiles mm-hmm. are directly at odds with the scoring yes. conditions. On the little tiles, but also the scoring conditions on the big tiles are at odds with each other. And the scoring little tile, conditions for scoring little tiles are directly at odds with each other. So everything just grates on everything else (laughs) in, in a way that is frustratingly pleasing.
1: Like a slightly out of tune piano. Yes. Like you're really enjoying the song, but you're going... Ah, if only I could just tune it a little bit more
0: (laughs) yeah that's that feeling exactly yeah
1: we haven't spoken about the artwork and I don't mean the pixelation because I know you want to talk about that but but what I want to mention about it is that every tile in this game has different artwork so even though the monsters some of the monsters are the same like tiny skeletons or whatever they all have a different representation on that tile it's amazing I think
0: it's really neat I I do have a couple of things I want to add to that Mm -hmm. just not to get people overexcited because of its pixelated nature there are just elements on the artwork and you can see that some of the tiles are simply those elements rearranged in a different pattern right
1: well I mean all pictures are just pixels rearranged right okay it's like saying every book is just a dictionary (laughs) rearranged right like (laughs) Uh,
0: okay a more salient point then (laughs) um some of the dungeon tiles uh-huh. have different colors. Right. But they're still functionally dungeon tiles. And that really threw me because I've come to identify different sets of tiles in tile laying games by tile color. I see. And now there's two tile colors for the same type of tile. And that really confused me, especially when there's another tile, mountains, mm-hmm. which shares a similar color. With both of the dungeon colors, mm-hmm. so everything becomes a bit like confusing in no, a way that I'd rather was avoided.
1: That didn't bother me so much because there are symbols on all the tiles, also. That's so true. If that's I, true. I got confused, I just enjoyed the artwork for what it was mm. and was like, oh, it's this symbol, so it's a mountain. Or whatever.
0: I, I see for me, I very much go by color, and I know that's a privileged kind of thing, but. I that's how I'm used to playing games and when the colors don't correspond the way I expect them to I get confused and <laughs> I a number of times in this game I've taken a tile that I didn't want to at all because I thought it was well, a different thing. Well. So so one of the things that I mentioned is that uh, that you know there there seems to be a design ethos that is uh echoing over from yeah. Calico. And and that's the tile selection. So on the face of it, it is incredibly simple. And actually, Overboss, one of the things that I think it's very good at is being an approachable game in terms of, like, there's almost no rules overhead, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and playing it. You you could teach this game to almost anyone, you know. It, it really doesn't have a lot of rules overhead. Uh, but what happens because of that is is this sort of dichotomy between I'm enjoying it because of how simple it is mm-hmm. and how restrictive it is but at the same time there is this feeling inside of me that wishes it was slightly more over designed right uh and that's because the tile selection it, it's I don't, I don't know how to describe it it's such a weird thing but it it's both present in calico in here where it's just four tiles take one set of tiny tile big tile right that's it there's there's no like there's nothing else to it and it's the same thing in calico it's just like there's three tiles take one but with that comes this very weird game state where most of the time there isn't anything that I want to take and mm-hmm. everything is just annoying. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure whether I enjoy that because I know it, it feels deliberate mm-hmm. and it, it feels intentional. Yes. It, it wants to evoke that feeling. But sometimes it, it does sort of start to border beyond the enjoyable and and just annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt like that. Uh, or not.
1: yeah, I when we played calico, mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that I wanted to to amend, I guess, in that game
0: mm-hmm. is,
1: that there would be a way that you could get rid of all the tiles that were out Mm. and replace them. And like, it would still be a a guess and you would still probably end up taking something you didn't necessarily, wasn't necessarily the perfect thing you wanted, but at least if there were three tiles out there, you didn't want you at all, you could just get rid of them and replace them. And I felt the same in this game. And I know I told you that, and I know we had a, a little discussion about that and that we, Came to the conclusion that it was a design choice, and they probably, you know, we're not game designers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They probably had play tested uh, some kind of variant of that mm. to see how it worked.
0: Oh no, I, I maybe there is a variant, but I think this here, it's it's very deliberate, and it wants to evoke that feeling of Panic. like n- <laughs> Nothing is here that I need, and you know, I'm not getting the thing that I right. wanted. I'm right. not like I because I think often as as people when we play games and especially like positive games yeah we feel this sort of sense of entitlement because past designs have told us that like no like there's a way to mitigate oh, no, almost sure. everything sure. right and and it's almost like a, a statement against that and saying no you you figure out with this thing that you don't want what you can do
1: i completely understand what what you mean by that and i agree right mm. i like that there is this restriction that you can't do that i'd mm-hmm. like that as a design definite choice yeah but there was a situation when we played overboss where so i had a dungeon so i needed tiles surrounding that dungeon to score for it that weren't a dungeon right mm-hmm. or weren't the same sorry mm. one of them could be a dungeon and all that was out was graveyard huds. Yeah. And so... And At some th- because, point, that just
0: stops being fun, right? Right,
1: because the board size is so restrictive. We were playing with the three by four grid. Mm. So that is tiny. You you know, you've only got... I've, so I I've put one tile down already. So mm. that's one space gone. And then where am I going to put all these graveyards that keep coming out, right? And every tile we turned over seemed to be either be a graveyard or a dungeon. Uh. Uh, and that, that got a little bit frustrating. I think maybe that is a bit of a niche situation, I suppose that wouldn't happen super yeah. often because there are lots of different types. But when that does happen, I wish there was something that you could do to mitigate that, I guess.
0: Well, see, the thing about Calico that I really enjoyed, it felt like it was a design of its own, you mm-hmm. know? And that that seemed to be part of the core of it, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the puzzle. You need to yeah, figure yeah, out yeah. what yeah. you can do with the things that you don't want. But because Overboss is a design that rests on the shoulders of giants Mm -hmm. you have a point of uh compare and contrast and when you have games that enable that feeling of like ability of purpose of change right uh you can't help but compare that and so that feeling pales here i think so for me overboss was a less enjoyable game than calico okay uh because of that having said that elaine we also played with a variant uh which is the boss variant right where you get a boss card Mm -hmm. and they are delightful (laughs) they i i had a brain in a in a vat kind Uh of thing and it was i had a bomb yeah um and and so that was one of the things that said uh, oh, like you have this ability, you can use it once per game, but once per game, you can just discard all the tiny tiles and replace mm-hmm. them with new ones. And that was great because also the boss card has a scoring condition mm-hmm. at, the end, at the end of the game, and my scoring condition was directly tied to tiny tiles. So the ability that I get once per game to affect change mm-hmm. is one that's directly tied to something that's going to give me extra points. And I really liked that. That was nice.
1: Yeah, I think we both appreciated that mesh between the two things I got my card wrong I read what I thought I could do and what what I could score for at the end of the game and it was wrong but having said that I still only lost by like a few points like four points or something Mm -hmm. so so I didn't do that badly even though I got that wrong I scored for other things no, I, I really enjoyed this game. I'm not sure if I enjoyed it more or less than Calico or the same. Uh, I think that's hard to say. I'd like to play it again more times with the different variants to see what other things it can do before I make that kind of decision. But I really enjoyed it.
0: One final thing is the pixel artwork. So first of all, let me say that I have nothing against pixel artwork. I think it's wonderful. It's, it's a form of expression. You know, it's great in video games. In board games, it can work if it's trying to evoke something very particular, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels like pixelated artwork is is directly born out of video games. And for me, when used correctly, it, you know, it either brings nostalgia of certain mm-hmm. tropes or it plays on those tropes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one of the great examples from a couple of years ago is a video game called Undertale, which is a okay. pixelated role-playing game that played on every single role playing game from the 90s trope you know like with, like with pixelated artwork and subverted them so wonderfully it was joyous it was it was brilliant and the pixelated artwork absolutely made sense there overboss does evoke setting wise you know some video games from the 90s in terms of like well these are these boss characters right but from a gameplay perspective the setting and the gameplay are at odds and the gameplay of overboss itself doesn't evoke anything of video games of the 90s and so the pixelated artwork just feels odd and it's a minor point and i understand that i am being very very nitpicky but it just didn't quite sit right as much as the quality of the artwork was really nice itself you 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 are angry with me i can tell I can tell you don't want me to poo poo this game. <laughs>
1: no, I, I understand your point, right? Yeah. But I don't, I think I disagree with it that artwork has to evoke its theme and setting. It mm. doesn't, it can be just an art style.
0: I like things to be purposeful. I know. Yeah. I know. And with that disagreement, we're going to end our discussion on Overboss and move on to a more heated discussion about cubitos.
1: Oh my hairy cheese.
0: Oh Elaine, I have so many words and I don't I don't know where to begin. I <laughs> this is, this is going to be a ride. Cubitos is a game from AG Publishing that uh, has the most out there, I guess is the least offensive way of putting it, uh, style of artwork and setting uh, where we live in, in a world of cubes. And everything is a cube, including cheese with hairy legs, and beavers, and pineapples, and dogs, and cats, and dinosaurs. And there's artwork on the cards like the cheese stands alone. Uh, uh-huh. No, so naming on the cards, not artwork on the cards. Reckless cheese.
1: Reckless cheese. That's the one we played with, Reckless yeah. Cheese. And sometimes yeah. you just
0: get a card that says Bob.
1: I just got put off by the cover because traditionally, yes. if I see a piece of cheese that is hairy, I want to. Avoid it as much as possible.
0: I mean, this game is already controversial. We haven't even told people what it no, is. that's
1: true, right?
0: I, I, I'm, I'm kind of saving telling people what it is because <laughs> because there's a preamble to this. So, I guess, yeah. I, Elaine. I was very excited going into Cubitus. Uh-huh. I was very excited uh, because of a prominent board game reviewer named Tom uh, who reviewed this game very positively. I'm not going to say. Which Tom? Because it's both of them. And both Toms were effusive about Cubitos. Uh, and, and one of them has compared it to uh, Quacks of Quedlinburg uh-huh. mixed with El Dorado. The other has also inserted other comparisons into, into that... Mm-hmm. Uh, including Quarriors, mm-hmm. which uh, I wish I paid more attention to when they said quarriers. Anyway, I was excited to play Cubitos. But
1: that's funny, because when you were telling me how to play it, I was like, oh, is this like Quarriors? <clears> and you were like, uh, no.
0: Right, because uh, I, I watched one of the Toms I say that, no, it's, it's like Quacks and Quedlinburg combined <laughs> with Eldorado. It's nothing like any of those games.
1: Uh, it is a little bit like Eldorado in that there is a sense between being the first to speed along and taking the shortest route that you possibly can around the board mm-hmm. because that will is what wins you the game and first bimbling, across the finish line. Right, first, yeah. yeah, first first past the post, right? Yeah. And bimbling about trying to get all the power-ups that will eventually spur you over that finish line at the end, right?
0: What I will cop to is that I was being hyperbolic when I said it's nothing like those games. Oh, okay. But what I will add to that uh-huh. is that why it is like those games is that it takes the worst elements <laughs> out of oh, all dear. of them <laughs> and combines them together into one hateful package
1: that's a strong message
0: okay 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 this is just a board game so i'm not i'm not gonna you know i'm not i don't want to over egg it right Right. this this, i have some heated opinions about this game it's
1: it's just a board game, but it's
0: everyone remember it's we're just talking about a board game we're not actually upset this is all (laughs) for the purposes of entertainment right so when i played cubitos elaine yeah for the first time in a very long time i felt like i just wanted to stop and it fills me with sadness because it comes from publisher AEG yeah. which I think do marvellous work uh, War Chest published by them a couple of years I ago I
1: love that game
0: has edged into the place of one of my favourite abstract games mm. and that says something and whenever AEG publishes anything I try to pay attention mm-hmm. because uh, I think they, they pick they've pick.
1: Sp- they got a good track record yeah they got yeah. a very
0: good track record and they pick out some very smart very sharp designs Cubitos is not one them the way to describe it it's just a game where you have a lot of dice mm-hmm. uh, you start with a lot of dice and you will gain more dice as the game goes along so the dice that you have at the start of the game are frankly rubbish yeah uh, and much like in any other kind of builder <laughs> dice builder bag builder card builder deck builder whatever you want right hand builder um you you will acquire better dice yeah Uh, That will enter the circulation of your dice. And these better dice will have various abilities. Uh, And the objective of your game is to move the piece along a map. And there are various spots on the map where if you stop, something happens. Mm -hmm. Or most of the spots you stop, nothing happens. And you're trying to race across to the finish line and get there first before the other players. Of course, some of the really good, interesting spots are placed in such a way as to prolong your journey right. so you have to weigh up and make decisions when one of the toms was reviewing this game he he jokingly said oh it's a roll and move game but then spent the entire view describing how obviously it's it's so much more than that and the sense i got from cubitos was that i would rather be playing a roll and move game than this uh because in a roll and move game one of the things that is better is that instead of rolling Seventeen thousand different dice Mm -hmm. you're just at least rolling one die and then you move your piece and your turn ends Mm -hmm. right here i felt like i was playing a very bloated version of that where there's a lot of dice and then you buy more dice and they all have different abilities and i guess what bothered me was that i didn't find any of the abilities that interesting or or that you know it's like run more or have more money to buy more dice you know And I think what it comes down to, for me personally, is that I really don't enjoy the act of rolling a lot of dice. Mm. And that's where the sort of comparison to Quacks of Quedlinburg, for me, really falls very short. Because there's theatrics to drawing a token out of a bag. There's this sort of, like, every, every time you do something in Quacks of Quedlinburg, there is a sense of, like, oh no... Something amazing is going to happen, or something terrible is going to happen, and I sort of know the odds, yeah. you know. Um, with Cubitos, uh, so we should clarify there is a push your luck element in, yeah. in, in, the, Just in like this. Just like in
1: Quacks. That's, yeah. the, the two comparisons to Quacks are that there's push your luck because in Quacks, you're drawing, drawing, drawing. Should you keep drawing? Maybe or maybe not. In this is the same. So you're rolling, rolling, rolling. Should you keep rolling? Maybe not, right? And the other element is that you are buying new things.
0: Yes. Right. But in quacks, that's so much fun. Because I not only get the sense of like, oh, no, I'm going to bust at any mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You know, anything could happen. I could find all my dreams, <laughs> you know, achieve victory. Or I could I could perish in yeah. my own hubris. Yeah with cubitos i never feel like that i just feel like i rolled some dice and the dice didn't roll how i wanted them to and now i don't get to do anything and that's the thing the difference between cubitos and quacks is not just like this sense of uh of physicality that you get from rolling dice and yeah. drawing tokens or or the sense of theatrics but that Quacks of Quedlinburg is so much better designed in that regard in terms of you busting, you still...
1: Right, I was going to say a similar thing. Yeah, you don't feel like you're doing nothing if you bust. So so although there's that push your luck, you know that even if you do bust... Mm -hmm you can still do something, right? Yeah. And in this, all you get is to move up the fan track, which sometimes gives you something small and sometimes gives you nothing.
0: Yeah. Oh, what well, the first time you move up the fan track, you get nothing. So the very first time you bust in the game, mm. you immediately get the sense of like, oh, oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. like just i just busted and that's it mm-hmm. right and that feels particularly unpleasant where because with quacks of quellenburg not only do you get to do something but you get to do your choice of something yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. and that choice is so powerful In Cubitos, you just bust and then you go, okay, I guess everyone else is going to have fun. Yeah,
1: I just sit here whilst everyone else buys their stuff and, yeah, does moves and does everything. Mm. Yeah, and you can do nothing when you bust.
0: And just rolling dice feels so arbitrary. Yeah, sure, I sort of know the odds sometimes because certain dice have a lot of blank faces and and the way you bust in cubitos is if you've gotten at least three positive results and after that you keep you basically you can re-roll your dice as many times as you like Mm. uh and then if all of them land on a blank face you go ah i have to skip my entire turn
1: yes i think you made a good point i think that is what the difference is between the push your luck feelings between those two games because in quacks If you have a bag full of stuff, you kind of vaguely, if you've remembered what you've bought, you know the odds of what you're going to draw, right? Mm. You always know the odds of what you're going to draw. However, when you're rolling dice, apart from knowing how many faces are not blank... Yes. You don't know what the odds are of what you're rolling, right? Every mm-hmm. dice could come up with a good result or it could come up with a blank. And that, and like, for example, I had five dice. So I had three that were in my active bit that were safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I had five that still to roll. And I thought, well, why don't I roll again? And they all came up blank. So I bust. Five dice, right? Yeah. And and so I did, did nothing. And that felt really deflating because I watched you move ahead. And uh, so you moved and then you bought things and then you did things. And I just sat there going, "Okay, well, I'm behind now already. Mm. And that felt really sad. And it gave you time to bimble about a little bit and pick up those bonuses without worrying that I was on your heels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the other the other comparison that it lends uh, itself to that we mentioned is. Uh, Quest for El Dorado. Uh, Cubitos has a much more pleasant theme than Quest for El Dorado, where yes. <laughs> Quest for Eldorado Dorado is just like some mild colonialism, you uh-huh. know.
1: Even with the hairy leg cheese, it's even a better theme, yeah. Right. No, I see.
0: I really like the one thing that I, I really, know. really like about Cubitos is the theme, uh-huh. uh, and I wish the game was slightly different. But the other element that shares is that it's obviously map-based, yes. right? And I just find the map in, in Quest for Dorado so much more interesting than in Cubitos. Because in Quest for Dorado there are all these, like, cool, kooky, clever elements, and the only way that Cubitos can find itself interesting in terms of the map is is how it manipulates what you do in this game. Mm. And because all you do in this game is buy dice or move, mm. the only thing it can offer you is buying dice, dice or, or moving, moving. or yeah. removing dice. Mm. Uh, and in that regard, it also feels very, very stale.
1: Yeah, but we did only play with one of the maps, and there are different maps, so maybe the others give it a bit more pizzazz? I don't know.
0: I don't know, Elaine. I honestly don't want to play Cubitos again, which is <laughs> a real shame. And, no. and, and when I said... I would genuinely rather just play a like I don't know, sorry or whatever other yeah. roll and move game. I mean it. There's mm. less path, and and you know what, cubitos feels. Cubitos is a short game, mm. but it feels it feels like the Snyder Cut. You know, like <laughs> it's just way too that's, long.
1: That's kind of mean.
0: No, no um. okay, I'm gonna be meaner. I enjoyed the Snyder Cut. I mean, I I thought it was a bad film, but as as a kind of a you know. Like this is this film is doing everything that I don't want it to do for four hours. It was thoroughly enjoyable. Cubitos just make me feel miserable.
1: I do want to say I like the production of the dice because they feel really nice to roll. They're not yes. they're not tacky plastic.
0: Mm-hmm. They're
1: like frosted, smooth feeling dice. So when you roll them it feels nice and the etchings on the dice, faces. Mm -hmm. are nice right
0: here's my final point Mm -hmm. that i want to bring up uh where i once again disagree with both toms because both toms brought brought it up the one criticism that both toms had of cubitos is that there's these cardboard storage boxes that are there to store all your dice between games and during games and yes absolutely they are flimsy and a bit poo but you know what they're made out of cardboard and i would much rather have something that's a little bit more sustainable. I understand that dice need to be, pl- although actually dice don't need to be plastic. But if you want to edge like various faces, I guess it's you just can't have wooden dice. I don't know. The dice are plastic, and so be it. But but the cardboard boxes that store them are cardboard mm-hmm. and just thin cardboard. They don't even use up a lot of paper. It reduces the cost of the game. And it reduces, you know, like the environmental impact of cubitos.
1: Yeah, they. I think they would get ruined pretty quickly if you played it a lot. Yes. But on the other hand, it doesn't really matter because they're not functional. All well, the, I guess they are a little bit. You put the dice on top of the yeah. cardboard box, yeah. and then you put the dice in the box when you're done. Mm-hmm. But even if the corners were mashed up or whatever, it wouldn't matter. They would still work, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I appreciate the lack of plastic in this game.
0: And that's Cubitos. Sorry, Tom, from Shut Up and Sit Down. I know this is probably the first time you got roasted, and I'm actually honored to be the person that's responsible for that. Uh, You'll live. And Tom from the Dice Tower, you'll be fine. You've experienced this before. The very last thing I'd like to say about Cubitos is that... I brought up the other reviewers, obviously for entertainment reasons, but also other opinions on this game are available. What I want you to take away from that is that we are very much in the minority in terms of when it comes to cubitos and other people seem to be enjoying it so i would recommend going to watch uh tom's from the dice tower review and tom's from shut up and sit down review uh both of whom produced excellent videos with salient points that i totally don't agree with and that's our first impressions of cubitos let's talk about my city
1: did you notice i let you talk for like two or three minutes solid without interrupting you about Cubito's just so you could have your rant <laughs> did it feel did it feel cathartic
0: it did and I did notice and I'm very appreciative of it <laughs> uh, do, do you want to rant about my city now
1: I don't want to rant about my city no okay. no I want to praise my city oh
0: wow that's uh, big uh... words because, <laughs> because when we were playing my city from uh, designer Rainer Knizia, uh-huh. uh which is a polyamino Laying tile game. You were quite vocal about how this game is incredibly stressful and how you hate well, polyaminos. Yes,
1: yes. It, but it's another city builder uh-huh. like Overboss, right? Yeah. But not only is it a city builder, it is a polyamino game. It's tile laying game, and not only is it both of those things, but it is also a campaign game, and also has legacy elements in it. Wow!
0: Wow! and i have to right now go and declare my love for my city i think it's genius i i made such a horrible mistake when cosmos games initially approached me about my city and i just heard about it for the first time from board game geeks w eric martin who did a very interesting summary of how my city plays on the legacy elements, and the entire thing made me feel lukewarm about it. So I went, ah, you know, we're quite busy. We have a lot of review copies. Maybe this just isn't for us. So I passed on it. And then I watched everyone in the world uh-huh. praise this game uh-huh. and and love this game. And I thought, oh god, I made a mistake. So,
1: <laughs>
0: I, went so it is. I went on my knees. I went on my knees, and I asked Cosmos UK. Would you please, please send me a review copy? Because it's sold out everywhere. And thankfully they did.
1: Um, boy, are you glad that they did. I
0: am. It's, It is actually really, really good. And I, I genuinely... So we, we've only played the first two chapters. There are eight chapters. Yes. And each chapter has... Free games of my city that you sort of meant to play in sequence so you you play three games in a sitting mm-hmm. effectively they're not long games no they're not very long games and I, I i can't wait to sit down and play another chapter i in fact i hope that uh, after we finish this podcast we have some time today to sit down <laughs> and play my city more
1: i'm really glad we got it too but i know you think i hate it i don't hate it that's not true mm-hmm. i just don't have very good spatial puzzle away Mm -hmm. so playing a polyamino game that you are supposed to not think about so the way it works is that you you both have polyaminos that you need to fit onto your board to build your city but you turn over cards whatever shape is on the card that you've turned over that's the tile that you have to lay right and there are certain conditions like they have to be built next to each other but you're not supposed to think about it too much you're supposed to just react and pick it up and then place it right and that for me is just too much i can't do that i need to be like moving it around and seeing will it go here will it go here and thinking about if i put that one there will i be able to still fit that other one in and i just can't cope with that
0: that's the rule i think is brilliant in this game because It messes with everyone's brain so much because I think it's there very deliberately to make you feel like you are feeling. I don't think it's there to say that this is how this game is meant to be played, like that you are effectively forced to just place tiles and not produce any kind of thought as to (laughs) what you're doing. I think it's there to confound you and Uh make you feel frustrated and make you feel like, oh no, there's jeopardy. There's a sense of... Like speed or mm-hmm. like that you're, you're racing against some sort of a, not like clock, but a, a social construct of a game clock that is engendered around your table.
1: Mm-hmm. I think maybe it is there so that you don't have people that are able to plan out perfectly and that can turn the shapes around in their heads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and do much better than people that can't because you don't have time to plan out,
0: right? Mm, mm, I think it is there for
1: that, but it just makes me stress a little bit.
0: It's, It's once again hard to review My City because it's a legacy game, and whilst there is really no story to spoil here... Uh, th- there there is gameplay to spoil. Yes,
1: there's elements of the game that we would spoil if we
0: yeah, talked about it. Yeah. So we're not going to obviously do that, but it does make our conversation somewhat <laughs> difficult. But even within the first chapter, which I think is okay spoiling because it's the first chapter, it's the first yeah. thing that happens in the game, you read the rule book, you open it, you start playing, you know. Uh, there is that incredible sense of like even at its most basic core level it is a devilish puzzle Mm. uh, because all you're doing is just you're trying to fit in as many tiles as possible Mm. and there are so few restrictions uh but those restrictions are so immediately obvious and interesting so uh you have a player board that like where you layer tiles there's a a river that's cutting through it in an annoying fashion (laughs) you cannot overlay tiles the river but you can lay tiles adjacent next to it and you can only lay tiles next to each other Mm -hmm. and the first one has to go next to a river Mm -hmm. so you're plonking it somewhere in the middle of the board and then you're hoping to grow out of that but every time a new tile comes up that you have to place draw a card says okay you have to place this tile now you're suddenly realizing the restrictions the game immediately imposes Mm. and uh, there's this really big cumbersome tile Uh, that's composed of, like, I think, yeah, like, five spaces all together, and it's in the shape of the U. Oh, yes. And you always forget about it, because you always have plans, like, oh, okay, when this tile comes up, I will be able to place it here. Uh And when that tile comes up, I'll be able to place it here. Uh And then you totally forget about the big tile, and it comes up, (laughs) and you're like, oh, no, right? (laughs) I just didn't think about it and then the next game you're playing and you're going, okay I'm not going to forget about the big U tile <laughs> I'm I'm going to plan for it and then you plan for that tile and then the square tile comes out and you're like oh I forgot about the square tile <laughs> I totally don't have I forgot have...
1: about the zigzag I didn't need that yet yeah. I wanted something different right now
0: and of course in true legacy fashion it, it adds extra elements you know yes. so so one of the first elements that it adds is like there's trees on this board so you don't want to cover up trees Mm -hmm. because each tree is a point and the person who loses the first game gets to put an extra tree sticker on their board so there's an like oh great there's a potential for an extra point but only if you don't cover it up Mm -hmm. and 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 where do you stick it yeah like that's
1: a puzzle in itself where do you put these trees that you're going to be least likely to cover them up
0: right but not only that again without spoiling any of, of the campaign elements once you make that decision, there will be things in the future mm-hmm. that will say, Well, you made that decision. How about this decision and how they relate to each other? Did you think about that? Mm, mm, mm. And you're like, no, I didn't, Reiner Knizia. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm not as smart as you. No. Uh, What I really like about it is that not only are there different chapters, but you have... And not only is it legacy and campaign, but the different chapters have different rules that build on all of the other rules that you've already got.
0: Yes. and And... It's not just that the chapters, that each game within the right. chapter oh, yeah. feels sure. like a variation and a spin on the previous one. And I know that Reiner Knizia is now famous for having designed over 700 games. I remember when we started talking about Reiner Knizia, or no, no pun included, it was 600 games. It has now somehow advanced <laughs> to 700 games. Uh, but, you know, my city for all I care, can count as 25 extra games because it's like you know a lot a lot of his games are variations on the same thing and and my city feels like 24 different variations on and i say 24 because there's 24 chapters but there's also the eternal mode at the Mm -hmm. end of the game right so it feels like oh okay you've you've played this variant of this game but how about this spin and you're like whoa, Dr. Reiner Kinizia, <laughs> slow it down.
1: <laughs> I think that's a little bit unfair to say they're all variations on the same theme, because mm. that makes me think of of negative. Right. It makes me think of samey, right, which is not what they are. Um, and I don't know if anyone else shares that feeling when you say that but each chapter is a little self-contained theme Mm -hmm. so the first one is with the trees and whatever and then the next one will be something else that you are building in your city and then the next one is something else that you're building in your city
0: well we don't know we haven't we haven't discovered chapter three yet i
1: know but i um i might have looked through the envelopes have you I mean not in the envelopes but, oh, but like the names on of the, the envelopes en- right uh-huh. okay
0: no I noticed the names as well uh-huh. like that's again the names of the envelopes aren't a spoiler as far as I'm concerned.
1: well I don't know I felt like I'd peeked behind the curtain a little Did bit you? when I saw
0: a couple of them I was like
1: mm-hmm. Ooh, how is this gonna work yeah
0: okay. yeah and okay. then I
1: kind of regretted that because I didn't mean to do it as a spoiler See, I just was looking at what was in the box
0: that's not a spoiler to me that's like a like a good entree where it's uh-huh like here's a little taste an amuse boosh. yes exactly right <laughs> like get yourself excited about what's. yeah to come, maybe yeah right? for sure i think one of the last things i want to say about my city is that it, it brings with it the little joys of legacy games as well and the simple things like you know naming your city oh, yeah like you named yours neo slough i did and, and you named
1: yours wolf city
0: yeah because well, the, the, the icon i wasn't okay <laughs> right i was not creative in the naming of my
1: city.
0: I like it. There's a little icon of the wolf for my player mm-hmm. colour, right? And I was like, wolf city. You know, it's what it is. I mean, and, you and, like... you, and you went all like Neil Slough, right? <laughs> and I can't stop thinking about what Neil Slough might be now. Uh-huh. So that's nice. I
1: feel like yours was more kind of traditional city naming. Because mm-hmm. you know, like you have Hertfordshire. Yeah. Because named for a heart, the, like the stag... Uh-huh. Right. And you have places like Aberystwyth because they're based on a river and, you know, stuff like that. I feel like yours was that and mine was this kind of grungy, bad future city.
0: Well, that, that's, I guess, ironic because there's nothing futuristic about my city. There they're might all...
1: be. We don't know that. On the box, the illustration on the box is buildings floating in the clouds i am waiting for this to happen in the game
0: i don't think it will i think it symbolizes you don't know the fact that the buildings come from the sky by the act of (gasps) you placing the polyamino onto the board right they drop down from the sky held aloft by a giant hand and guess what that giant hand is yours
1: and all the people scream for the building is coming down
0: that's Neoslau for you
1: should we go and play some more my city
0: i think we should do that uh, if you enjoyed this episode of the No Pun Included podcast, you can leave a comment, uh, especially if you have something to say about one of the games that we've covered. And you can do that on nopunincludedcom slash podcast. If you want to support this show, you can always do so on patreon.com slash no included. And with that, why don't we say goodbye, Elaine? Goodbye, Elaine. Goodbye, Elaine.